Hello, and welcome to the Marriage Can Win Show, and we're your hosts. I'm Eric. Hi, I'm Dr. Sakisha, and our mission is to help educate, empower, and encourage couples in three key areas. We help couples to develop more effective communication skills. We also help them gain a greater control of their finances so they're no longer living paycheck to paycheck. And finally, we help them to establish a greater level of intimacy. Make sure you tune into our broadcast with other transparent couples from around the world every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. on the Love Love Radio Radio Network. Network. here at Marriage Can Win is to educate, empower, and encourage couples to embrace that marriage can win when you focus on three key areas, which is improving your communication skills, um, improving your money management skills, and enhancing your intimacy skills. So just just remember that we love to handle the topics that lots of couples don't like to talk with. And we have an amazing kingdom couple joining us this evening. And we're going to be really transparent this evening. We're going to talk about a a topic that many people tend to shy away from. But we want to tackle that with ease this evening. Joining us tonight, we have a dynamic couple. We have Harry and Montrell Ravenel. AKA Rav and Trell joining us this evening. They are an amazing influential kingdom couple that have been called and qualified to serve engaged and married individuals. Trell is known as the master wife coach in helping wives to win in their marriage against all odds. She's a best-selling Amazon author and has written over a dozen books. This dynamic duel is a testament that marriage isn't hard, but it does take work. So if you're listening, remember that marriage is not hard, but it does take work. And they believe in the ICC model, which means you have to be intentional on how you show up for one another beyond your feelings and emotions. And then you have to be consistent in your actions and behavior toward each other and committed to each other and maintaining trust, love, respect and fidelity no matter what. So for those that are struggling in this time during the the quarantine time, stand on it. Remember that ICC model. Okay, Rav is a full-time corporate executive and entrepreneur, while Trell is a senior human resources professional within the federal government. Their mission is to be more like Christ, so they're able to share the love of Christ toward each other to such a degree that it spills over into others, impacting the lives of couples and individuals globally. They've both been featured on various local and and national platforms, and they've received copious recognitions and honors for the work that they do locally and nationally. They're amazing keynote speakers and thought leaders, and they're going to be hosting their first retreat in January of 2021. So I want all you guys that are out there on Facebook, those that you are listening via Love Radio Network to give a virtual round of applause for Raph and Trell, as they join us this evening. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> Super excited to be here. Thank you guys well, for having us. Well, thank you guys thank for you being for a part of it. Yes. Because tonight we are going to be tackling, a, I, I like to say, a controversial subject. And the subject tonight is kingdom couples. Can we truly commit and submit? Because submission is a challenging or seen as a dirty word in many households because 
Yeah, that was a dirty word in our household at one point in time, which we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but we have a dynamic kingdom couple that's going to be transparent and, and answer questions. So don't forget, you guys that are listening via Love Radio Network to give us a call and push option one to get into the studio. So if you have questions, comments and concerns, we'd love to take those on tonight. OK. All right. So Rav and Trill, how are you guys doing this evening? We are doing amazing. <laughs> we are truly doing amazing. Excited to be here and just excited to be among the land of the living. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Pushing so through this quarantine. Absolutely. And this can be one of those times where you see how couples handle the issue or the topic of submission when you're in quarantine. It's Absolutely. like nowhere to go. <laughs> right. All right. So first of all, to get started, um, we talked a lot about you guys. You have lots of experience and you're doing a lot to help people locally and nationally, which we applaud you for. And we thank you so much. But we want to take, ask you to spend some time this evening or just take a couple minutes and, and just share what kind of wisdom you can offer to couples um, that are struggling with submission. Oh, real quick. On the radio side, can you unmute yourself? Hmm. Or can you turn the volume up a little bit? For the radio, uh, uh, make sure you're not muted on the phone. On the oh, dialing. okay. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's muted. Okay, we hear you now. Yeah. Okay. 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 We don't want anybody to miss out on this juicy information. I had it behind me, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. All right. So, can you share? I'll repeat the couple, the question for those that might be listening in Radio Land that. Um, what wisdom can you share for couples that could be struggling with submission? Because a lot of times we see that as a dirty word. And for the longest, I saw the word submission as a dirty word. So what kind of a wisdom can you share with the couples? Ooh, I'm going to have you take that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, I think that first of all, you have to have a made up mind and a clear understanding of what submission is. Um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, once you understand what it is, you have to be a, have to have a made up mind to grow into submission. I, I don't think that you just get up from the altar or get up from sliding <laughs> rings on the finger and jump right into submission. So uh, I'd say understand it and um, be able to focus on three C's that uh, Trail and I think are important, and that's to communicate, have compassion and be consistent in all that you do. And uh, oh. that's how I would say you wrap your mind around. Yeah, and I wanna just go a little deeper with that, even in the understanding part, uh, because most people, you know, when you get married, you don't have an understanding of what marriage is, nonetheless of what submission is. You know, most couples get together because they're in love mm -hmm. or they decide to spend the rest of their life to together for whatever the reason, but they really don't talk about the dynamics of what that would look like and what it takes. So I just wanna reiterate that lack of understanding of what submission is, not having the wrong idea about it and it does help if you do have or you've had an example of what that looked like as well yeah now you made a key point um you mentioned that some of them don't have an example and i think that was perhaps being totally transparent that was my issue i didn't have an example um parents married and divorced uh, twice i think when my grandfather passed away in 90 something he was on his fourth marriage 
So you, we didn't, I didn't have anyone to, to teach me or I didn't have any, uh, a valid model to emulate. So why don't we speak to those people who don't have anyone to emulate? Cause when I went based on how my father was raising me, he raised me, um, to run my household. So he mm. pretty much taught me, you know, unfortunately he didn't know any better. Um, but he was teaching me to run the household and that was pretty much emasculating my husband because right. it's, you know, that was dis, you know, that was disrespecting him and it wasn't intentional. I just didn't know any better. And the thing is that I wanted in my heart to respect him, but I only knew what I heard. So that's why when we're talking to couples and we're telling them, be mindful of what's going in your ear gate and your eye gate, there's a reason because you have to have that filter and recognize of who's, you know, speaking into your ear. Are they qualified to do so? Because if not, and that's coming out your mouth, that can impact and wreck your entire marriage. So why don't you want to take a moment and let's speak to the couple, you know, if they don't have a positive model to emulate. Absolutely. I'll definitely speak to that for, uh, for a moment and I'll let my husband chime in. So here's the thing. You being uh, a doctor, you know, going through doctoral school and things of that nature, you understand patterns of behavior. Right. right. So you said that you weren't taught, but there are a lot of things that we aren't taught, per se, but we're caught. Right. We learn how to do things, do things through emulation, through repetition, just in the same way people might say that you act like your mom or you act like your dad or you sound like your mom or dad. Why is that? It's because you've been around that person for long enough to where you pick up some of the patterns of behavior. And what we typically do is once we get out of the home front, we go to college or uh, military or whatever. You know, we go out into society. But many of us do not take the time out to identify, to self explore and to self-reflect to say, okay, am I ready to be in a doubt? Am I ready to go out into the world? And more importantly, am I ready to be in a relationship? Many times we don't look at the patterns of behavior, our mindset, our emotional state, and those areas that will indeed impact the relationship. I don't know about you, Dr. Sakisha and Eric, but when I grew up, what I saw is what I knew. Right. I didn't know anything was wrong because I didn't have anything to compare it with. And that goes for most of us. We don't have anything to compare it with until we get out of the home environment and we see other relationships that look differently, that are doing things differently. And then we get a aha moment saying, OK, maybe my family was jacked up. <laughs> maybe the things that I saw weren't right. Maybe things should have been done differently. But by that time, many of us are already in relationships, sometimes in committed relationships such as marriage. And we're trying to navigate through that. So for those people that you know had the, had the bad example per se or did not have the example, what I would encourage them to do is to really seek to understand what is submission, not what I was told, not what I've may have seen, not what I probably understood or mis misunderstood, but what is submission and how can it bring value? I keep hearing people talk about it in church and outside of church, just to be honest with you. So what is that? What does it look like in our marriage and how can we implement these tools or these techniques so that we can truly have a marriage that's going to thrive and be and have some vitality? And I just want to. And that's really, really important. Because, like you said, that some of the things we're emulating what we see, and and that's a huge, a huge challenge. Because sometimes what we see is not, uh, uh, I'd say, not necessarily a valid picture, or not what it looks like. Because I remember 
oh my gosh, I, I can't remember how many years we were into our marriage. And a lot of the time, I even remember at our wedding when his um, best man was talking about the word submit. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'll be honest. I told my husband, we laugh about it now. In my mind, I was like, I'll submit you a receipt, but that's about <laughs> it. But that was my mentality at the time because my, you know, again, I was taught to run my household. And mm -hmm. that was not, you know, I'm like, that was definitely the antithesis of what, how the household should be. But then I heard my, I heard my pastor started talking about submission and that it came from a place of strength. Mm -hmm. And I had never heard it being explained that way. And she was, and she began to share, you know, she's like, look, you know, it's very easy to use your mouth to tear your husband down, but it takes strength mm -hmm. to be able to still submit to him when, and you know, you're kind of feeling torn. And she said, that's a place of strength, ladies. And it hit me like right here that Sunday when I heard it, I was like, Ooh, really? And from that point on, I started researching submission and I started practicing it. Our home was a lot happier then. Right. <laughs> but it's a learning process right. in our home. What you have about to take that initiative. Because we're, we're having an amazing conversation. Right. Right. Let's bring the husbands in. Right, right. We're not, so right. So we're just going to be live uh, continually on Facebook and YouTube. Um, the radio side has some technical difficulties, so we do apologize to all our radio listeners. Okay. Um, but yes, when it comes to submission, uh, I guess the technical term is the alpha woman. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's really uh, common uh, coming from generational because when our wives in this generation, we see the wives from the previous generation and, you know, when wives took a greater role in the household, especially if that is the case where, uh, um, or if there's a single parent household, you only have one wife, I mean, the mother and the father wasn't in the picture. The mother was really kind of the, the father figure and the mother figure. And, and so she was like, you know, running her household and nobody could tell her what to do. And then, um, when it's time to get married, you know, the mom, the daughter only saw the woman taking control and running the household, doing the finances, making all the decisions. And then when it's time for her to get married, um, you know, it's like she's thinking, well, I'm going to continue to run the household. I'm going to continue to run the finances. Um, you know, I make my own money. You know, nobody can tell me what to do with it. It's always going to be that you know, what you've learned and, and what you grew up and what you knew um, until there's some education about the different roles of a husband and a wife. You know, there has to be one that's the head, which is the husband, and then the wife, which I, we call the neck that turns the head. That's <laughs> a force, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I definitely <laughs> would agree with that. And I wanted to piggyback off with uh, Dr. Sakisha uh, mentioned uh, strong men teach according to their strength. So fathers that are strong uh, have up a guard for their daughters. They want to make sure that their daughters are equipped for the ins and outs of this world, the bad, the good, and everything. So fathers have a tendency of implementing some of that or depositing some of that strength into their daughters because they want to make sure that, you know, they look out for the knuckleheads and they look out for what's to come. So understanding your background, understanding um, my sister, 
<laughs> as it relates to things my dad instilled into her. I totally get it. However, real dads uh, often seem to teach survival, but they skip that spiritual step because they focus a lot mm -hmm. on teaching the daughter yeah. or the, the female how to survive, how to not let a man run over you, how to understand, run your own affairs, know the do's and don'ts of survival. And then when it comes to the yeah. spiritual side, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, um, you're supposed to submit. Uh, ye one another, but by the way, you're supposed to work along with your husband and follow what the word says as well. So I just wanted to piggyback, um, you know, as men, as we open up our mind and open up our thinking, we have to review all aspects of where this future partner is coming from and understand that the two of you have to flow into this union together, understand each other together, build upon uh, understanding her position, but at the same, at the same time, uh, implementing and making sure that you communicate your position. And together, the only thing that can yoke that into a bond is the spiritual side and what the Bible says. Yeah. And I think that's really, really important. I think also um, it's a, another key point to pour into couples and have those candid conversations. What are your thoughts on that? Because a lot of times uh, people are getting married, but they're having... I'd hate to say more superficial conversations and they're not necessarily diving down deep. What it, you know, what's your faith? What are your beliefs? Well, op they're operating under assumptions that, you know, once you get in the household, everything's going to work itself out. <laughs> well, why are they not encouraging them to have these kind of conversations so they'll know what I'm getting into? Uh, you know, we've spoken with couples where the husband is saying, hey, I don't want kids. And she's thinking, oh, once we get married, he'll change his mind. Well, no, you know, let's start having these conversations so we know where we stand, know if this is a deal breaker or not before you say I do, because they're saying I pretty much I do until, you know, right. and, and we want to help them have that solid foundation. So we and, need to start having these conversations or encouraging them. What are your thoughts? Right. Well, there's a great percentage of, of couples that don't understand that marriage is biblical. You would be surprised the amount of, you know, yeah. couples that do it for the gram mm -hmm. or do it for social media and the likes and the love and all that type of stuff. But yeah. I think if we as kingdom couples could do more, you know, sharing and more get on more platforms like this to help educate and inform those about understanding the biblical side of marriage, uh, it'll break a lot of the chains before they even yeah. get to the altar. So it's just going to get back to, you know, that prep, making sure that you get the spiritual counsel, but at the same time, make sure you get the natural counsel um, to those that can come from a natural side before they got to the spiritual side. Yeah. The education, inform and inspire. Absolutely. I think those are three key Areas, you know, for us, because we are a kingdom couple, because we were in the church, it was mandatory that we receive premarital counseling. But when you're talking to people that are in the world, per se, or don't, don't have that covenant relationship with their church or a pastor, they're not necessarily going to get that type of counseling. They feel like 
they know everything, right? Oh, we know we, we're set. We have money. You know, we, we've already made these decisions. We've already bought a home together. It's fine. But it's something about when you step over that threshold of marriage and you enter a covenant, mm-hmm. a contractual agreement with somebody else. Yeah. It's, it's different than just dating. It's, just, it's different than just living together or, or buying a home together. So you have to work out all the details. You know, we see a lot of the celebrity couples getting divorced because they have irreconcilable differences and things of that yeah. nature. You see that also in the church. So like you said, it's, and I, I do until then. So having those real, raw, authentic and transparent conversations, I believe that's a key indicator as well. We as the educators have to be more transparent and saying, hey, I wish I had or I wish I did. And if I did, things would be different. Not that we're trying to force our belief system on you, but we're, we're merely giving you words of wisdom to help you understand if you do this, this is the outcome that you're going to get. And you don't have to take the long, hard road. I have, go ahead. Well, you know, I think um, whether you take a couple that's in the church or out of the church, um, if you take celebrities or non-celebrities, um, there are some commonalities in all those um, couples that are going to bring about issues. And of course, we always believe in that communication, finance, and intimacy. Um, and the communication piece being primary, primarily, you see a lot of it in the celebrities because they have some issues like, number one, they're probably competing against each other because they're both used to being in the limelight. They're, they're both used to being famous and catered to. And now when they get together, you got two power individuals and they, and they come together learning how to become a power couple and share the limelight, share the responsibilities and, and then break from an individuality to a couple um, to oneness. And so they have to now talk about their, their finances. They got to talk about the household, the family. They got to communicate it. Now you're doing it, not talking about celebrities, just individual couples, you know, because you got the baggage of the backgrounds of growing up. My bag is growing up. I came in, um, started out with two couple, two um, a married, you know, family where my husband, my husband, my father, and my wife were there. Yeah. <laughs> we know my just parents got divorced yeah. three times over. So, right. and had the same same situation. So now you got that baggage coming together. My perspective, her perspective, and our issue, my issues, and her issues coming together. You know. That's that's where it comes together and it's a big bang. Yeah, right. You know? And that's so, where it's a mission. I think those are some of the commonalities, whether you're in the church, out of church. Yeah. See, that's where some mission comes in at too, as well. And I also wanted to say, you know, it goes right, right back to the breath. Yeah, uh, you have to be reachable and teachable to both yeah. the common and uncommon man. So the uncommon and un, the yeah. common and uncommon woman. You have to be able to meet them where they are, but under, but also understand where you want to go as a union. Yeah. But you know what I think um, is a, a big issue too, mm-hmm. especially for the women, um, because the women have gone through some bad apples and I call the men apples and they've been mistreated. They've been hurt. So they're going to, they're going to shrink to themselves. They're going to be more of independent woman. They're going to be the Beyonce, all oh, you ladies, you know? And so they're going to be, well, I can take care of myself. I can pay my own bills. I don't need to submit to a man, you know, but then they, you know what I mean? That's one. That, I think that a lot of times that 
is a I say is a form of self-preservation because there's baggage, there's hurt from the past. There are things that we may do to build up that wall to prevent us from beginning getting hurt again. So we start to take on those roles. Okay, I have to do this myself. So then when another a man comes into the situation and he's able to do that, they're I'd say reluctant to relinquish that control. And I'm not saying that that's right, but I'm saying I think that could be some of the the mindset of some women. So it takes having these conversations when we're having these um, conversations with women and explaining to them, you know, I understand that you can do this for yourself, but do you necessarily have to? It would be important to deal with those issues, deal with those, right, unpack those bags. So when when it's when you get together with a man, the man doesn't have a a bunch of luggage he has to carry on, you know, in the in the relationship. But see, that's where the hard work comes in, Eric. That's where the hard work. You know, we don't think marriage is hard, but the hard work is me looking at my baggage. The hard work is admitting I have daddy issues or I have mommy issues or or whatever. That's the hard work. But what I can tell you is that strength unsubmitted is a disaster. So although she may be strong mm-hmm. and she may yes. be this power woman and all this other stuff, mover, shaker, you know, leader, thought leader, speaker. And I see a lot of those women like that. My, a lot of my clients are that, that that's who she is. Right. But when you have strength in this unsubmitted, that's a disaster. Mm-hmm. So you can't then think you can go into a relationship, yeah. whether you're saved or not, and not have an ability to submit, just like on our job. Everyone has a boss, right? So you have to submit. You go in a court- courtroom with everybody. You, your God is your boss. He's, yeah. Everybody has somebody they have to answer to, right? So even in the courtroom, you know, you have to submit under the authority. It doesn't matter what what position you hold, you have to submit to some level of authority. And Takisha, you said something, the mind, the mindset has to change. So if you don't change your mindset as to how you view a thing, you will always view it the same way. Absent of understanding, abuse is inevitable. So when you don't understand something, you will abuse, misuse it to, to the greatest power. That's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I was thinking back to something that you mentioned earlier. You were talking about um, social media and doing it for the gram. To what extent do you think social media has had impact and influence on like submission in marriages? Because you have um, like we have these conversations a lot with our children. We have uh, two teenagers in the house, a teenage daughter, teenage son. And we're constantly talking to them about dating and, and relationships. And there are often I say driven or they're impacted by what they see. And then we have to, we have to sit down have a conversation with them and explain to them, okay, this is what this person is doing, but that doesn't mean that that's, that's correct. And then we have to, we break it down for them. So what degree do you think that social media is impacting and influencing our, our wives so that they won't want to submit to their husband or they're not as receptive to it? If that makes sense. I think it's, it's doing that heavily. I actually, uh, uh, spoke about this. I I preached, preached a message uh, about social media and dopamine and how social media works in the minds of all of our generations, whether it's Gen Y, Gen Zs, uh, millennials, and the impact that we um, 
that we take in just off visuals, you know, mm -hmm. trying to match ourselves to someone else or trying to live our lives through these visual and photogenic right. uh, idols that are people that we make idols. You know, it really confuses America because, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. It yeah. really is because it, <laughs> a it's likes. worth a thousand likes. It's worth um, what you see in that moment, but you know, when it's over, <laughs> there's a whole lot of issues behind that photo. So, you know, I would say, you know, don't go off what you see, you know, uh, you've really got to, got to get into it a little bit more. And I think that's all I'm going to say on that without. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. You know, and I think that goes back to your identity as a person. Uh, when you know who you are, and you understand that you're living not to be validated, accepted, or mm -hmm. praised mm -hmm. by other people. What you see will not have that much of an effect on you. You know, you have some people that deal with people pleasing. They are people pleaser, right? So they do things to be seen and loved and accepted. You have those people that have struggled with things like rejection and abandonment and, and betrayal, just all these different things that people deal with. So that goes back to that self-exploration piece that I talked about. You know, you just really figuring out what's what's going on with me, what's my crap, right? Show me my ugly and being real and raw with yourself to identify with who you are and who you are becoming. So that way, when you log onto social yeah. media, you see a couple or family or whatever you see, it does not phase you because you're content within self. Yeah. So that's what I would see to that, say to that person. And they struggle with constantly trying to keep up with whomever. And, and, you know, they're, they're idolizing different people and different things is to really go inward. So here's the thing. You have to go inward to heal outward. A lot of times we're trying to deal with the outside and the external part of who we are. Yeah. Oh, let me get a nice house. Let me get a nice car. Let me get yeah. a nice boo. Right. But don't we have get tangled to, in the trend. Don't get tangled in the trend. You have mm -hmm. to go inward to experience that outward manifestation. That's I good. Like that. That's hashtag. <laughs> so that way, I would tell everyone to to write that down. Don't go in. You have to go inward to heal outward. That's definitely yes. a, a key strategy. I want to make sure everyone makes note of that. And you also said something else like live not to be validated, accepted, or praised. And I think that's something that we can't stress enough to couples because you have so many people I guess in my day, they called it keeping up with the Joneses. You're, yeah, you're, you're orchestrating yeah. your life based on what you see in someone else's life, but you never know what's happened behind the scenes, what kind, what their prayers, the tears, the sowing, the sacrifices that they went through to get to where they are. And you can't necessarily pattern your life because your walk is your walk and their walk is their walk. So a lot of times we miss what God has for us because we're so focused on what's going on in the lane next to us. If you keep focused on what God has for you, you're going to be a lot happier because if you're, you know, God is telling you go this way, but you're, you know, turning left, turning right. You're only delaying, you know, what he's calling you to do because you're following someone else. So we're trying to you know, make sure that we, we make that a, a staple or encourage our couples 
hey, look, stay focused in your own lane. Don't worry about where they're living, what they're driving, where they're speaking. Focus on what God has called you to do because I'll make an awesome Sakisha, but I make a horrible trail because I'm not called to be trail. And that's what happens with our relationship with relationships. You're so busy trying to be somebody else. There's there's also right, but there's also some advantage to wanting, well, I'll put it this way. There's a positive relationship or positive marriage so that others can see what a successful marriage and relationship looks like. Now, you don't necessarily want to be like trying to drive the same cars. That's when it goes over and beyond where it's not a healthy, you know, something to admire. So you can admire a family when you see a family's always happy. They're holding hands. They have children. Um, they're raising the children. The children seem to be happy, you know. And uh, you know what I was, especially in with women, they look and they see uh, another marriage, and they look at the woman. And when they see the woman happy, dressed nicely, looking good, they say, "Ooh, that man taking care of his wife." You know, it, it shows. And then so now they know when they meet a man, if they don't see that same level of happiness, they're like, something's wrong, something's missing. So in a way, a relationship that you may see a a successful relationship or relationship that looks like it's something as a positive image, it's something to have a standard. Because if you don't ever see a positive image, and I always use the Cosby show, right? Mm-hmm. So growing up, I saw the Cosby show. I saw Bill, you know, successful doctor, pediatrics, and then his wife was a partner in a law firm. He looked at their family. I'm like, wow. Now I'm like, I want a family like them, you know? And so now we have the modern day black, uh, blackish, you know, we got Bo and, and Dre, and you see the family. Of course, they go through the challenges, but you're like, wow, now that looks like a success, successful family. You know, but if you always see a single, you know, the show single ladies um, where they're always dating and never have to seem to be with a person or relationship more than two or three months, never get married. You don't know what it looks like to be married. So that's why you have the the millennial generation say, well, why do I need to get married? Everybody gets divorced all the time. They don't see a, a, a marriage that looks like it's fun. It's it's thriving. It's successful. Does that make sense? The marriage doesn't have to be perfect. And that's something to let them know. And that's the purpose of these conversations to to let couples know that you have couples, marriages that are successful, but it doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean it's without challenges. We struggle with submission. We struggle with communication. We struggle with finances. We struggle with intimacy. And that's the purpose of this platform to teach other couples, okay, Regard, you've had some challenges, but there are still strategies that you can incorporate into your marriage to help take your marriage to the next level. So, okay, yeah, that I think you were saying something. <laughs> yeah, vulnerability and transparency. So that goes back to that, you know, us being more vulnerable, not just with one another, but being more vulnerable with the people that we serve or that we've been called to serve, and to say, hey, this is what it looks like. You know, I encourage right. conflict, healthy conflict. Right. Because if you don't ever fight or fuss with your partner, that that to me is scary. 
you never disagree. So you're a yes girl, a yes boy. So you don't want to be that couple. So you want to be able to go through things like a yeah. coronavirus and, and be able to weather the storm and, and, and weather other storms that will come. Because just how when we were single, we dealt with adverse moments and adversity in our singleness. You know, the same way we dealt with it in our singleness is the same way we will deal with it when we get married. So that's something to look at as well. Like, how did I deal with betrayal? How did I deal when, uh, you know, with a, when a crisis hit my household or my family? You know, we take that same transfer of learning, transfer of knowledge into that marriage relationship. Yeah. And that's true. Um, one of the things like one of our core beliefs here at Marriage Can Win is that you must express what you expect. So when we're when you're encountering couples that are that might be having challenges with the communication aspect of submission, what is the one lesson that you've learned thus far in regards to, say, the communication aspect of submission? I would say what you sometimes think. Is what to say something. I would say what you sometimes think is no, 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 you're good. Uh, what you sometimes think is uh, normal is not normal. Um, so I would say, you know, to the men out there, remember okay. that, you know, even if you come into a situation and you're used to, you know, giving directives and uh, being the aggressive male that you may have saw your father be, or you know running the house and doing all the things and just expecting your wife to flow in line, you got to come in more open to that. It's it's not gonna, gonna work. Uh, I say this often, when your wife marries up, she's looking for a husband. She's not looking for a father. You know, nine times out of 10, she's had that already. So you have to get in a place of balancing where you understand, you know, you gotta work together. It's the only way it's gonna happen. And, and that's not easy to do because, again, coming from two different backgrounds, coming from two different environments, having your own identity. You know, I was a, I consider myself considered myself a single minded married woman for quite some time in the beginning, because, you know, even going back to that submission, I had a desire, but I was a single mom for a long time. So I did things the way I knew how to do them. And sometimes I didn't consult with my husband or I did it and I told him like, oh, this is what I did. You know, so just going back to that mindset piece and understanding like in order for this to work together as a cohesive relationship, this this is what needs to happen. And I would say even with that communication piece, uh, Eric and Sakisha, it's the misperception of communication a lot of the time. So it's not sometimes that people don't know how to communicate, it's how they perceive the communication. You know, communication is not a two-way street, it's a four-way street. It's just not us talking, talking back and forth to one another. It's okay. If I'm speaking, then you, I'm sending a message. So when I send a message to my husband, he needs to read that message. Then he needs to acknowledge that he's read that message. And then he needs to send a message back to me. But in most relationships, we're just talking, talking, talking. And the person is listening with the intent to respond and not the intent to understand the information. Yeah, that's what we call the jump rope mentality. It's like they're just sitting there waiting for a chance to jump in and they're not really paying attention right. to what's going on. So um, so in regards to communication and, and submission, 
what do you say or what do you offer up to couples rather than just saying submit? Because a lot of times we that term you need to submit to your husband. It's been thrown around a lot, but a lot yeah. of times people can't do it because they simply don't understand it. I didn't really understand it till I heard my pastor break it down and talk about it or show it to me from a perspective of strength. So what is your suggestion to those couples that, you know, instead of just saying, okay, submit to your husband and they still have like a question mark over their head because they don't really understand the concept. How do you then um, explain that to them? Absolutely. I'm going to go back to saying it's educating them, inspiring and informing them. So that's key, right? Submission is a beautiful dance that two couples can do together. And at any given point, one person may be leading. And let me just break that down. What I'm saying when I, when I say that, of course, ultimately the husband is the head, he is the lead, but Ephesians 5 and 21, which we skip over a lot says that we are to submit to one another. So there is a mutual submission that happens. So sometimes my husband has to submit to my idea, you know, something that I may want to do, you know, uh, even, you know, being on a broadcast, you know, he could have had other things that he needed to do this evening, but he submitted to the idea of what I wanted to do, what my desires were. And he said, yes. So I explain it in a mutual submission from a mutual submission perspective. And then I break it down as to why it's so beneficial to submit to someone that God has placed or God that has, God has allowed, I'm sorry, to be placed over you. We've never seen anybody or anything with two heads. Have we? Anything with two heads is a freak. Mm -hmm. So you have to, somebody has to come under. Yeah. Submission is really just coming under the leadership and the authority of somebody else. And it's not a negative thing because if you have someone that can leave the home, and I would hope you marry someone that can leave, but we all know sometimes bad apples are picked, right? If you have someone that you trust to marry, think about this. Right. Marriage is the only relationship where you can pick the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with the only relationship you're born to your parents. You're automatically born into with your siblings, right? Auntie, uncles, cousins, you can't pick any of those relationships. So marriage is the only relationship that you can choose your partner with, well, hopefully with spiritual guidance and wisdom. So in doing that, in your choosing, you have to choose right. I'm not saying choose the right person or the perfect person. You have to choose the right person for you and the right person that will be able to lead you. And if you're in a situation where that's not the case, then we need to have further conversations with you and your spouse to just talk about the dynamics of submission and how it can benefit the marriage, how it will advance the marriage, how it will yeah. allow you and your spouse to be on one accord, to operate in that sphere of oneness. So that's what I do when I educate the couples that I teach and that I counsel. Um, I tell them, I break it down from mutual submission on. I don't start with submit to your husband. I give them the big picture and I even pull in scripture of what that looks like um, as far as submission is concerned. Oh, let me say this one thing for the kingdom couples. I have to say this one thing. Okay. If, a, if a woman is unable to submit to God, <laughs> she will not be able to submit mm. to her husband. If she has issues with submitting to her creator, her daddy, her father, Abba, she is going to have a hard time, yeah. if not impossible time, submitting to her husband. That's good. Absolutely. So what do you, uh, 
What do you suggest when you have a couple that is uh, watering oil? So let's say you have a Christian husband and a non-Christian wife or vice versa. I have that often. So here's the thing. Marriage is a God idea. So even if I have couples that are on two different um, wavelengths as it relates to their religious beliefs or uh, spirituality or whatever they may classify with that, my leading is marriage is a God idea. So before they would even speak to me or listen to me, that's my foundation. Marriage didn't come from the world. So I can't give you worldly principles. I'm going to apply these biblical principles and you yes or nay, if you're going to accept and receive. And 100% of the time of the individuals that I've spoken to and counseled, they've received that even if they didn't have the same beliefs. Because what I do understand is that over 60% of issues and problems in marriage are unsolvable. And if you have different belief systems, that's an unsolvable problem until one person decides to follow the lead of the other person. So I still go with that same foundation and I speak from the, speak to them from that perspective. Now, I don't push the Bible, of course, or enforce it down their throats, but I just speak principles. It, these are the principles and this is what works. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a man or woman of faith to, to, to understand or to believe this, but I'm telling you what works. I have information to back this up and you make a decision whether or not you're going to follow it. All right. That is awesome. And you, I want to touch upon, there's something that you mentioned not too long ago. I'm not sure if it was you or your husband, you mentioned about couples being on the same page. And we talked about it in terms uh, of our faith and, you know, being able to deal with a couple that say maybe oil and water. But let's also, let's talk about uh, the, from the financial perspective, because they have a, it's believed, okay, well, the, well, we know the husband is the head of the household. But a lot of times there are families or women that I've encountered that they assume that it's the husband that handles the financial aspect of, of the family. And with my husband and I, we explain to them that you can focus. It depends on the strength of the, the person. If the wife is better at the finances, then it's OK for her to do the finances. But you guys should just have that conversation. Hey, this is you know, we know what's coming in. This is what's going out. Make sure you have that conversation, even if it's a, a weekly meeting, you know, biweekly, depending on when you get paid, what works for your household, but have those conversations. So what do you say or how do you speak to that couple in order to get them on the same page in regards to their finances when it talks to, when we're talking about submission? Well, I think that that uh, just like you said, you have to be able to point out those strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I also feel that though, when it comes to the weaknesses, you need to be growing from each other. So if you start off a marriage um, and the man is weak with finances, but the woman has more of a level head, by somewhere along that journey of marriage, uh, you should just not always be leading and taking the control in an area, but you should be figuring out a way to turn around, grab your partner and bring them up to where you are. You should be able to work together as a couple and say, okay, I'm weak in this area. You're strong in this area, but I'm strong in this area and you're weak in this area. So let's balance this thing out. Um, can oil in, in vinegar or what is it? Oil, oil and water. water. <laughs> can it ever balance out? Uh, it doesn't mix. It doesn't mix. <laughs> but you're going to have right. to intertwine yourselves in, in uh, Using us as an example, 
Um, my wife is good when it comes to uh, administration. So she remembers well and all of that type of stuff. I'm good when it comes to holding, <laughs> you know, like um, overseeing the overall finances and making sure that, you know, hey, you know, I hear what you're saying. However, you know, it's not, it's in not the a budget. priority. <laughs> oh, so, um, you know, <laughs> we end up balancing well in that area. Um, but, you know, I will say no matter what you do, you, you need to be bringing that other person up to that level, the level you're at. So so we both have have uh, yeah. learned a lot in that aspect. And even if you're not bringing them up to the level of them doing exactly what you're doing, more so of them understanding this is why we're doing what we do, because that person may always be a spender or that person may always be a saver. So that's not something you can change, but there has to be some level of flexibility there, um, being a little bit considerate and um, some compromise. So those things have to be key indicators in that relationship yeah. and drawing, like you said, drawing on that strength because you, I, I believe honestly is 60, 40. And yeah. I believe that there always be one that's going to be able to give one or the other. And sometimes it may be one more than the other. And you have to understand like at no given time, may I be able to give hundred percent of myself in doing that particular task because that's just not my innate ability. It's not my DNA. It's just something I'm not good at. I'm, I'm not going to grasp it. So then he has to have that 60% and have that understanding mm -hmm. in that area to be able to, to make that marriage work. That oneness, that's what comes to mind. Oneness and that's in your finances as well, because just to be transparent, we, when we first got married, we started, we tried it, <laughs> but I'm like, this ain't work. This ain't working. Didn't work. And then we stopped and then we tried it again, right? So when we tried <laughs> it again, that's when we were able to get on the same page. But let me tell you what had to happen. Mm -hmm. I had to have a different mindset as well, because I tell you, I was a single-minded married woman. It's my money. I'm going to do what I want to do with my money. I'm not, nah, that's not going to happen. So I had to change a per mm -hmm. my perspective. And because I am a believer, I had to go to the word of God and see what God was saying about it as well and how he intended for my husband to cover me. And I had to follow that truth. And because I'm submitted to God, it was much easier for me to be able to submit to my husband in that area as well. But I do want to say, I think it is important when you talk about growth okay. and it is very important that you uh, bring that that partner up. You, you in order for you to be uh, growing together, in yeah. order for you to submit you to one another, in order for you to grow in your marriage, you need to be balancing off. And balancing off doesn't necessarily have to be 60-40 or 50-50, but something that spouse should be depositing in mm -hmm. you that you should see as a growth factor that takes you to the next yeah. level. That's how you win. Let's define win, what winning is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we have to look at uh, the situation as not individuals, but a team. We have to go from I to we, I to us, you know, um, me to us, I to we, <laughs> how we want to look at it. Yeah. And instead of looking at it individually and tearing each other down, we have to build each other up. We have to look after each other. We have to be selfless and selfish. So if I spend all my time looking after her back, making sure she's happy, making sure that things are being taken care of for her and she does the same for me, either one of us was going to feel like we're being left out. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
That's a mission, serving one another. So when we look to outserve one another, that's when we're winning. If I'm all, if I always have his best interest at heart, and he always have my best interest at heart, we're always serving. So it's like a recycling, right? We're always giving, we're always giving, we're always giving. We're giving and receiving simultaneously. That's how you nurture a marriage. That's how you grow a marriage. That's how you mature a marriage. It's a constant giving and receiving, a constant giving and receiving. So it's like a, I'm looking at like an ecosystem. You know about that. Like that ecosystem, it just continues to go and go and go. Yeah. Well, actually, that was a, a phenomenal point because that was a question I was going to ask you. I was thinking in terms of, you know, with marriage can win and and what thoughts come to your mind when you think of a, a marriage winning and you start and you hit the nail right on the head. Um, can you reiterate that point again about constantly out serving one another? Absolutely. <laughs> So it's like a like a, a servanthood that I'm constantly thinking of, constantly doing and vulnerable enough to do. So when I'm constantly giving to my husband and I'm constantly thinking about what does he need? How can I serve him? How can I be there for him? How can I support him? And he has that same mindset. So I will never be depleted. He will never be depleted. And that's a fear that couples have because right. one person may think I'm always giving. I'm always giving. And he's not receiving. Yeah. Well, OK, is he or is he not giving the way that you desire or you need for him to give? So then we need to have a conversation because what support may look like to you may not look like to him. And that's why you have to understand you guys had this on one of the uh, questions, the love language of the other person, because I may try to love you based on how I want to yeah. be loved. My number one love language is acts of service. So I may try to love him the way I want to be loved and that's the incorrect way. That's the incorrect language. And that's where a lot of couples go wrong at as well. So we're constantly giving and receiving, constantly giving and receiving. It's like a cycle that never ends. We will always be replenished. We will always be restored. We will always be refilled, refueled, right? Our marriage will always be filled. Not that everything is per perfect, but it will always be filled because we're putting more in than we're getting out on from each other's perspective, more deposits than we're withdrawing. We're giving more than we're taking away from the other person. Wow. Well, we're running around that, that being to about five minutes left on the show. We'd also like to open it up um, and give you a chance to really talk about maybe some of your upcoming events, um, how people can, um, get in touch with you and if you have any products or any services that you like to offer, we'd like to turn it over and give you that chance. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. So definitely, hey guys out there, you can reach me on all social media platforms at Terrell Ravenel. That's T-R-E-A-L Ravenel, R-A-V-E-N-E-L. And you can catch my husband at H-J Ravenel or uh, Rav, R-A-V Ravenel. And we actually have our uh, retreats, our first marriage retreat coming up January 2021. And to learn more information about that, you can go to wiveswhowin.com. Again, that's wiveswhowin.com. And I also have this amazing Wives Who Win 101 e-course that's available as well. And if you're interested in that, you can go to that website and find out more information. Can you repeat that once more, one more time? Wives who win. Wives who win dot com. W i v e s who win dot com. All right. 
Wives2win.com. Yes. All right. So for those of you that are watching, it's going across the screen. That's another way to make sure you stay connected with them. Um, you talked about the retreat and you said that's going to be in January of next year, correct? Yes. January 2021. Oh. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys um, so much for joining us this evening. It's truly um, been a blessing. Um, we, we're hopefully that we were able to debunk some of the myths about um, submission in the marriage and that women and, and, and husbands, and they're, walk, they're walking away more empowered, you know, more inclined to, to submit and see it from a place of strength instead of from a, a place of weakness. Um, we do want to take a moment and just reach out to all of our viewers. If you are in the Florida, the state of Florida, and you have a desire to, to generate an additional stream of income, make sure you DM us. We just have, we have a huge announcement that we're going to release. So for anyone that's following us, that's in the state of Florida, you're looking for an additional stream of income. We just had uh, received an email giving us some very, very amazing information. So make sure you DM us about that and definitely stay connected. Uh, we have some amazing kingdom couples that, that volunteer their time to, to come and to pour into you on these broadcasts. So make sure you stay connected. And then also check us out on our website at marriagescanwin.com. Again, that's marriagescanwin.com. And last, we do have a new book coming out. Um, it's called Struggling to Keep the Vows. So you can, we have the website on the bottom of the screen. You can go ahead and, and pre-order. We're super excited. We're collaborating with other couples around the world that we're being transparent in our struggles, but yeah. we're also being transparent about the strategies that we had to utilize in order to be successful in those endeavors. So we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you again um, to our guests, uh, Rav and Trell. You guys were so amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Make sure you stay connected with her. Why? who win and make sure you stay connected with marriages can win you guys have an amazing night and we look forward to we have to have you guys on on the show again soon absolutely we enjoyed it thank you so much we All truly right. appreciate it <laughs> all right we enjoyed having you on the show we love the kingdom kingdom couples yes <laughs> all right take care all right, all right. Good, night. Good, night. good night bye, bye.